The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 10th, 2018, season 14, episode number 36. And oh, have we got a show for you today here live on the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, we are going to talk about this Cowboys game versus the Carolina Panthers. Cowboys lose 16-8. to Not what any of us expected. Far from what we expected, probably. Um, I think we all probably expected that that offense would be a little bit better than it was yesterday. And uh, and so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the game and why the Cowboys end up losing it. Um, but first, before we get to to just the, the, the intricate parts of the game, I want to start with the big picture here. Um, Dallas basically blanked defensively. They blanked... Um, until the fourth quarter. They didn't, I'm sorry, offensively. They weren't able to score until the fourth quarter. Uh, the defense pretty much, after giving up 10 points in the first half, uh, then held this team pretty steady there for the rest of the game. And really, it was a lot of the damage that, they, that the Panthers did offensively happened early in the game before they started to figure out what was happening with Cam Newton. Overall, what did you think of the just the poor play um, offensively and, and how the Cowboys really are going to get any better at this point? I'm I'm surprised. I thought they would uh, beat the Panthers by 13 points. I thought Zeke would look good. I thought the offense would look good. I was naive to to think that that this team would just magically get it together, and they didn't. They looked like they had uh, not played with each other before, and a lot of them hadn't. You know, haven't because they're new players. It it was really ugly, and I'm the first one to say I, I was absolutely wrong about it, um, and I won't do that again until they 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 change things around because this is. This is really looking bad. And I thought last year was kind of a, ah, well, you know, the Zeke and the, the injuries. Now, this is a this is a trend that, that's been happening for a while, and it, it, it showed up again in here. I, I mean, I was absolutely wrong. I'm not going to try to pretend like I wasn't. But I keep going back to the last thing I said on our show Friday, which ironically a lot of people didn't hear because it got cut off. But <laughs> I heard it. I, basically, I mean, I said, you know, I'm going to choose to believe what I've seen over the last six weeks. And that went for both sides of the ball. And on the defensive side, I feel pretty good about that, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah, they, they, it took them some time to get their feet wet. Sean Lee missed some tackles. You know, Cam ran for 60 yards. It's not great, but they buckled down. 293 yards and 16 points should win you most football that games. That ain't a bad outing, yeah. Not bad at all. The two or three sacks, Demarcus Lawrence looked amazing. So As usual. I chose to believe that that could happen, and it worked. And then I chose to believe that what we'd seen at training camp would translate over. I mean, you know, Michael Gallup getting involved, Tavon Austin doing a little bit of everything, Dak Prescott not being amazing, certainly not Aaron Rodgers, but moving the <laughs> ball and Ezekiel Elliott doing his thing. Literally, like none of that happened. Uh, like all, all benefit of the doubt is gone. They don't deserve it. Um, Dak looked terrible. He looked inaccurate. He looked, uh, he looked flustered by the pressure. Connor Williams. We said on the show, to our credit, we're not wrong about everything. We said <laughs> Kawan Short and Dontari Poe had the potential to wreck this game, and, and they, they did. did. Tyron Smith got flagged twice. Lyle Collins caught like literally. Against a good defensive front, Ezekiel Elliott ran hard and effectively in a game where he was out of his rhythm from the get. So 
I'll give him a little bit of credit for playing a decent game. Everything else sucked. Uh, and we can get into it in more detail later, but Amber. just all benefit of the doubt out the window in one game. There you go. I really, really thought that having all these receivers was going to change everything in a way that you were going to get something different from this offense. And Dak was going to be able to, as we've seen during training camp, have a better connection with them. And clearly that wasn't the case. This was a whole mess. The offense couldn't get going. And I'm so disappointed and upset because there was nothing to get you excited about. Again, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously a great running back. We didn't really see him going. And when you look at the stat and we were looking at it on the plane, it's like, oh, okay, he got 69 yards. Oh, I, we don't know how that happened. And, and he's known to get those little yards here and there, and then they start accumulating and adding up. But at the end of the day, it didn't help at all. And there was one um, what play was that, Nick, where we were like, they need to run the freaking ball. Um, there were third and I think, yes, yeah, the third and three play, uh, in the third quarter when it, I, where, that's where, what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 Where Dak went in for a pass and it's like, why are they calling this play? Like, why not run the ball? They just needed like three more yards to get first down. I think it's the play in the third quarter where, oh, yeah. where it's third and three, like on the 46 and they hadn't done anything all day. This is like the farthest they've gotten. And it's like, you have to decide this is four down territory. And if right. you're going to decide that, you know, Zeke for two, Zeke for one, you'll, you'll get the first down. They, they ran a throw. He just threw it away and then they ended up punting. And you know, I just, it's, you know, you're down 10, nothing. It's like yeah, halfway, halfway Why through would the you third, make that call? Uh, second and five, Zeke makes it third and three. They throw incomplete to Swam and punt from the Carolina 46. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking you're about six, seven yards away from from trying a field goal. And if this guy's got, you know, super strong leg, which he does, not sure how accurate he is, but he's got a super uh, leg. I mean, you're down 10 nothing. You might have to try a 57-yarder. The 57-yarder is why he's on the team because he made it in Houston. And, and you know, he obviously drilled that kick. Uh, I, I never got a good look. I mean, it would seem like it was pretty close. Forty-seven yarder. Yeah, he's yeah. he just yeah. it, it looked like it just drifted off to the right. Just I mean, bit. he's got the leg, but I mean, it you know you gotta that doesn't you gotta but make a, 40, it. a forty-seven yarder is not a gimme, uh, and I don't I don't want anybody to act like it no, is. It's not a gimme yeah. in the NFL. I mean, but but your first kick, you kind of want to see it, and certainly when people are going to compare him to Dan Bailey, which that's going to be the refrain. Everything he does from this point forward, sure. it will be compared to Dan Bailey, and not Dan Bailey that was here when he left Dan right. Bailey's career. That's, that's going to be say, the thing. And I, that's, a, four, that's a, 47, be, a 47 yarder was a gimme in Dan Bailey's prime. In his prime. And exactly. That's and what, that's what he's going to be compared to. Yeah. That's uh, the problem. I'll say this. I'll say this about, about the, the Bailey situation. I don't know if he would have made the 47 yarder. I do not know that. Right. Um, history says that he probably would. Recent history said that he, he might not, but I know this, he's not, he's not given, um, he's not getting four touchbacks. At all, and the way that the Cowboys were covering punts, um, that if they covered kickoffs the same way, then that could have been a problem. Right. So that's one of the reasons why they did it is that they can't tell Dan go get get me a touchback. They could tell this guy and most of the other kickers get one. So that that's a big difference there. But I know no one cares about that. They want to they want to see him make field goals, and he, he missed one. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about particularly about the offense. I want to talk about Dak Prescott and the protection. 
Uh, Dak was 19 of 29. That was 66% completion, 170 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 81 uh, QB rating for the game. He was sacked six times. Um, if you watch the game, it there were there were sometimes it was just kind of like guy just got beat. There were other times where it was just like it seemed like maybe they were out of sync and not knowing where it was coming from. That I think about the Shaq Thompson blitz where Zeke was supposed to pick him up. It seemed like Zeke adjusted too late. No way he's going to get there in time. Yeah, yeah. Guy just gets a clean shot on the quarterback. But obviously your rookie Connor Williams had a rough day and he gave up two of those sacks. So. Just offensively, looking at the offensive line and the protections, do you think that do you blame this more on the fact that this unit has not did not play a lot together during the preseason, or do you think it was just literally they were overmatched and this defensive front was just a ton better than they were to give up six sacks? Well, a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly we ha- they haven't had enough time playing time against. Uh, another opposing team you know together so that's gonna show up and one of my biggest things like Dak he he's known in the past for his confidence level and the fact that he he's able to you know uh, keep it together and kind of figure out what to do a little bit but one of the things that I, I noticed as far as him when the offensive line did give him some time. He he just wouldn't really process things and think quickly enough. And there were times that, like the I think it was the pass to Blake Jarwin where he missed it and he could have ran. He was wide open. He could have just ran the ball, and that's one of the things he's used to know. And and the fact that you see the opposing team doing it so much with Cam Newton, I mean, you should be inspired to run the freaking ball too and just go for it. And a lot of the times he just wouldn't really. Think quick enough, and that obviously got to him. And with the offense having some struggles, combine the two, it's a disaster. Um, I got a couple things to touch on, but and we sort of argued about this in the press box yesterday, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him the didn't have enough playing time excuse uh, because Connor Williams did get a lot of playing time in the preseason, and so did Joe Looney because they didn't have another option. Lyle Collins, but the too. unit the unit is what I'm more talking about. You I talk am. about offensive line. Any offensive lineman will tell you the value of the offensive line is them playing as a unit, not about the individual. The three, the three. I mean, first of all, the all five of them are never going to get a ton of playing time together in the preseason, even if the Cowboys had done a different. Even if they'd handled it differently, like that's just not going to happen. You might get a maximum of like three or four series in one game. Lyle, that's not true. It, the, the the dress rehearsal game usually the offense usually plays through the first half and sometimes comes back and gets a series into the into the third. How quarter. many possessions do you get in an NFL game? Nine or ten? Yeah, so, so you probably have about five or six quarter? in one game. Okay, yeah, cool. You're quibbling. Um, true. Lyle, Joe, and Connor Williams got plenty of playing time. Zach Martin and uh, and Tyron Smith are supposedly two of the best players on your team. I don't. None of us have anything bad to say about the way Zach played, right? Not necessarily. No. I, I I mean, from what I know, it seemed like he played like Zach Martin. Tyron right. Smith. I mean, for the way we talk about him, that's not good enough. Two right. flags that get you behind the chains. I'm sorry if you didn't get enough playing time, but you're on that level where you're supposed to be better than that. Um, and then the play calling. Two things come to mind. One, if you're playing a front that you think has the potential to wreck your game like that, which we, us idiots who don't get paid to game plan, we saw that coming. Yeah. So I would hope that they did. And so it didn't seem like there was enough creativity, not just in the sense that Dak was in the pocket too much against a front that had the potential to kill him, but even the stuff that they did 
to combat that was so incredibly predictable. Like the waggles that Dak has become known for, he had a guy in his face when he got done with the action every single time. Like that's that's not great. That suggests to me that Carolina watched some tape and had a pretty good idea of what to expect. Like, can I get some read option? Can yeah. I get some misdirection? Can yeah. I get – I mean, I don't know. I don't remember for sure, but I am I feel like most of Dak's carries were improvised and not, not planned, which that's stupid. Can't, I mean, Carolina's offense didn't look great either. The, literally, like, the difference between them winning and losing is 58 rushing yards for Cam Newton. Like, just give me something. But I say all the time up in the press box, like he's got to keep this ball. Dak's got to keep it. I mean, give Carolina credit because Cam Newton is not a good passer to me. He can get the job done. He's a good manager because he can run the ball, and they, they know what he is. Like He knows what he is. He's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's a big, strong tight end that just decides to play quarterback, <laughs> and he's really good he's at running – well, no, I mean, he can throw the ball better than any tight end. He, he can throw the ball, okay? He's not <laughs> better than any tight end. Basically, he's like he's Swain playing quarterback. He's he's like a, a Tebow with the, that's better. He's a better thrower than Tebow. But I'm just saying he is what he is, and they don't try to do anything different out of it. He doesn't, you know, throw the ball down the field a whole lot. He does some, but he takes his shots, but he runs the ball, and that's what they need to do. Dak's not a passer right now either. Dak is better at running, so – Play off of that and kind of quit trying to make Dak what he isn't. And maybe that's what Carolina figured out with Cam over the years. Is like do play to his strengths, and that's what I think this team is really struggling with. With Dak, they're trying to make him something that he's not. This is simplistic, but and let like if if this team can run the ball, if they can do their thing with Zeke and just crank out yardage and stay ahead of the chains they will take the game to anybody. And fortunately for them, there's a lot of defensive fronts in the league that can't handle that. When they go up against the defense that can take that away, they just seem scared and lost. And like they they let the defense dictate what happens. Like it sounds good when Jason Garrett's it sounds plausible and excusable when Jason Garrett says it, which is, you know, we got behind the chains, we let, you know, circumstances take us out of order. In the NFL that sucks. Like if it being second and 12 instead of second and five is the difference between you being good and bad, you're not good. Right. Uh, and you saw that. I mean, it, to let defenses dictate that to you the way the Panthers did yesterday, it's an indictment of everybody involved in the way this works. You mentioned that, but you look at the division, that may be your hardest problem. Like there are a ton, oh, there are a couple, there's well, several teams in this division that can stop oh, the run well. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, I'd, I mean, there are a lot of defenses that can't handle the way they run the ball. There are a lot that can. And right. it's, I mean, the Giants have a front that can do that. We've They were the first ones to crack yes, this code. Right. Uh, the Eagles, sure. the Eagles, obviously, like that's <laughs> and, disgusting. And watch out for those those Redskins. That those two guys that they got from Alabama, like they could become that kind, of, those kind of players that certainly have the ability. Um, so all I'm saying is there are going to be teams that will be able to stop this running attack. And we've been saying this back since the Cowboys made this decision to get rid of Des Bryant. That you can go with that option of just saying we're going to have a lot of good receivers and not really have a great receiver. But the problem is you're going to get into those games where you can't run. Who's going to be the guy to catch the ball? And yesterday, they didn't have anybody who could get the ball there, first of all, let alone be able to make a catch and make a play. And to be clear, I think it's simplistic to sit here, and I can hear somebody saying it. Like, the difference between success and failure is not Dak's ability to throw it to a receiver 30 yards downfield and back the defense off. I don't believe that. You just have to have a plan B that works, whatever that is. And 
we didn't – I mean, honestly, it looked like they didn't even have one. Like, they didn't try – like, I can't – this is what I just can't get over, which is that Blake Jarwin had 22 snaps to Tavon Austin's 10. That's a problem. They gave Tavon Austin the ball on the second play of the game. It was nullified by a Tyron Smith flag. They handed the ball off to him halfway through the second quarter, and then he disappeared from the offense. Why? I mean, if if everything – if he was so good at training camp, and we would all agree that he was – where was it? Like, where? I mean, missed. How about if the defensive front is collapsing on you, take the game out wide. At least try. I mean, I can't say with a certainty that it would have worked, but they didn't even try. They gave him the ball one yard off the ball. He's a little guy. He needs a little bit of space. Put him in a shotgun. Give it to him from the shotgun so he has some running start. I mean, Lyell was getting pushed back every time. So as soon as he got the ball, he was getting hit right on the line. Like, it was too close. That was a bad play call, and then, and then that's it. It was almost like, okay, I'll show you Tavon Austin and that. It's almost like they didn't want to really do it, and they, they gave him a play that he's not going to succeed at, and they're like, oh, that's it. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I know there was at least once, I think there were twice that they ran a tight end screen uh, yeah. in that game. Twice. They ran and one to swing. Right. So, so the tight ends got more screens than Tavon Austin. That, to me, is still a problem. It's, like, it's almost like they're outthinking themselves because if you think about it, who would you rather have in open space with the ball in his hands? A tight end or a guy that runs a 4-3-40? I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to not get him more involved in the offense. What's weird to me is which two receivers, which two receivers were missing for most of training camp and preseason? Uh, Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin. I think it would be Beasley. And oh, be, you're right, Beasley yeah. too. And they got 13 targets combined. I mean, more than anybody else. And then the next receiver with the most is Hearns at three. I mean, so it was kind of weird. I uh, To go back on the preseason stuff, like, you can say, well, did it matter, did it not? I mean, I, I don't really blame the Cowboys for anything. I mean, is it a factor? Yes, it probably is. But I'm not sitting here going to point fingers because – Again, I've said this over and over. I think it was a domino effect that they could not control. They could not control what happened to Travis Frederick. And at the same time it happened, it was Zach Martin got hurt. So those two things are out of your middle. There's no reason to play Tyron Smith then. Now we're not playing Dak, and we're certainly not playing Zeke. So that kind of affected what their pre, what their third preseason game usually is. I don't I don't blame them for that. I do think it fa- it factored in, but there's enough. You know, quit crying about it. It's time to move on from right, there. Let's take our first break when we come back. Uh, We need to talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott and what he was able to do. We'll talk a little bit about these receivers. And, of course, we got to talk some about the defense because they did play a quality game yesterday. And I'll ask the question as to whether these guys think this defense is for real and they can expect to see that more throughout the season. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. 
AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys versus Panthers. Cowboys lose this one. It's 16-8. Close game, but not really that close when you uh, watched it. Uh, it seemed like it was a game that the Cowboys got beat up pretty good, uh, even though the score says that they had a shot. That's If anybody's curious, that's what it's like being an LSU football fan. <laughs> no, like It's 10 nothing, and you're just like, we're not winning this freaking no, game. Let's not talk about Man. college football right sorry, now. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's just not, it's not the greatest. All right, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Yesterday he runs 15 times for 69 yards, 4.6 average. Uh, he gets uh, four. I'm sorry, three catches, four targets, 17 yards, 5.7 yards per catch. Um, all in all, against a good defensive front, not a horrible day. Probably not what you want, and certainly if you're looking at this offense and how it's going to have to perform in order to win, probably not what you need from the running game if you're going to be expected to win. So my question for you guys is, what do you think the Cowboys can or will need to do uh, in order to get themselves to a position where their offense can still run when the rushing game is not what it should be. Well, I, I thought you said it wasn't a horrible game. I mean, I thought Zeke actually played a, a really good game. Um, I mean, that's that 4.6 yards of carry is, is pretty good. 15, uh, 15 attempts is not what you want to give what you think is the, one of the best backs in the league. He needs 10 more carries than that at least. You do that, you're sitting at 115 yards or so, and and you know, I, I thought he his worst play was the was the block that he missed. Um, not sure he was standing on the right side of the of the quarterback there, but I mean that they just got him. But the run right after that, the very next run, I mean, I remember saying that is a big boy run. That's like, all right, I messed this thing up. It's second and eighteen or first and eighteen, and I'm gonna just go and get everything I can. He put his face right in it. Did a nice job there, but I mean, I, I thought he ran hard, did everything he could. They need to give him more carries, and they got to move the chains to give him more carries. See, I and I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they'd given him more carries, but I said this last night. I'm not even mad about the carry count. The run wasn't there in the first half. The game, the score got away from him. You're in a two two score hole in the second half. That's what it looks like when you're trailing by two scores for most of the game. My thing is, dude ran 15 times for 69 yards. Mm. Um, three catches for 17? No. No. That's dumb and bad, and that's what we've been saying. Is Zeke going to be more involved in the passing game? Early returns aren't great. And that really, the theme for this, and to be fair, to be clear, it's one week. It's the NFL. Like, everybody obviously needs to calm down a couple notches, but 
through one game, we have seen nothing to give us confidence that this offense will be different. Not only just one game, because you got to take this back to last year. No, that's, well, no, but that's what I'm saying yeah. is we changed the coaches. We brought in all these new receivers. We did this. We did that. We traded same. for Tavon. Yeah. You, there's no reason to believe that anything's different. And, and honestly, more so than Tavon and anything else, Zeke's performance in the passing game is what makes me think that. I mean, because what? He got thrown a couple screens. There was an aborted waggle because the Panthers read it like a book. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a swing pass where maybe, other than the blitz pickup, Zeke, I thought that was that was such a big play because Zeke was one-on-one -on -one with either a linebacker or a DB, and the guy made the tackle for a one-yard gain. If he makes that guy miss, it's a, probably a crucial third-down conversion, maybe a different ball game. Uh, but there's a lot of green grass. That could that, have been that, no, house. absolutely. Like, that was, and there was a lot of grass. There. If he's one of the best backs in the league, that's the play he needs to make. Yeah. But I thought he played really well. I need to see more, and I put that on coaching. Like, can my guy go? Can he hang in the middle of the field? Can he run a Texas route? Can you do something with him? L literally, I got home last night at one o'clock in the morning and turned on, you know, Sports Center. James Conner first went crazy. Okay. First NFL start, replacing Le'Veon Bell. You know what his receiving line was? 50 yards, I think. Five catches for 60 yards. That's better than all but two of Zeke's receiving performances in his career. And the two that were better were when he broke super long screens for touchdowns. And by the way, James Conner coming out of college was not considered a pass-catching uh, running back. Like, in college, he did it very little. Don't tell me that you can't do this with an all-pro if a guy making his first start can be that involved in the passing game. It's crap, and it, can, it should be better. And that is what upsets me the most. It's fine if you got to get away from the run when you're down two scores. Do something else. Like, that's, I think people attribute it to Mike Tyson. I don't know if he actually said it, but everybody's got a great plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys have a great plan, and we've seen it work when they're the ones doing the punching. When they get punched in the mouth, it just, it's, they just fall apart. It's yeah. just the way it is. It's tough. And it, you really, when you look at it, you start thinking about the fact that. You watch a lot of teams around the NFL, especially teams that have that go-to kind of player, whether it's a running back, whether it's a receiver. They get into crunch time. They get into times of the game when they're having a hard time moving the ball. They start feeding those guys. I mean, like play after play after play. And the Cowboys seem to, for whatever reason, right now, there's only one of those guys on this team right now. That's Zeke. So when you get into that situation, like you said, whether it's in the running game or in the passing game, get him the ball. Figure out creative ways to get him the ball in space and let him do what he does because he is your best player. If you're going to lose, at least lose on the back of your best player, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he should touch the ball upward of 22 times per game, all things considered. It doesn't always have to be carries. It's eh, it's it's not ideal. Let's talk about the – go ahead. I was going to say – Are you going to move to defense? Actually, I was going to talk about the receivers. First, okay. But go ahead. Okay. Did you, you want to no. say something? What was the main thing that you guys noticed when th that was the change when the ball was finally able to get moving and that C got into the end zone? They went to their two-minute offense, basically. They were in spread, and they were in 11 personnel, and they were basically just moving the ball. And they've done that before. When they tend to find themselves in games where they can't really get anything going, they'll go into their two-minute, and usually that gives them a little bit more no huddle, you know, it moves a little faster. You got a little bigger, a little better pace, and it, it tends to get them into a flow. And that's when they got that one drive that drove all down the field. I think it was a 10-play drive. 
they end up with a touchdown. They were exclusively in two minute no and, huddle, and there was no third down except for the one run that that Dak went eleven yards or nine yards on the scramble. Right, but that he was. I mean, he was bad objectively. He did not have a good game. Right. I think we would all agree on that. But and I, Nick tweeted this during the game. That was a that was a gutsy drive on his part. I'll give credit where it's due. Like yeah. that third down conversion, fighting those guys off to get the two point conversion. Just I, I mean. There's there's reason to believe that this thing can work, uh, but you got it's got to show up for more than three minutes of a sixty minute game. You want so hard to to like him because he does he says the right thing he typically wears the right thing. I kind of wonder about that one, but uh, no, I, for the most part, like he he's you know he you know he's playing like a like a warrior. He tries to play the game like like you see Newton playing and stuff like that. Um, you just wonder what his capabilities are throwing the ball and. It, it begs the question if teams have started to figure him out. Yeah. I mean, they look like they did yeah. last year. What was well, the point of your question, Amber? I, I was going to get to... No, that's good. No, that's good. Seriously, that's good. Yeah. You're good. No, I was going to get to... Okay, for example, last year, a lot of the times that we come in in the second quarter, in, in the second part of the game, and not second quarter, second half of the game, and you would see them doing some things and moving the ball. But by that time, it's freaking too late. Like, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. And we saw it last year, too, where you can't rely on just your defense. Like, your defense is going to get tired. We saw it in this game. They can be as good as they could be. Like, they could be great. I don't believe the whole thing, like, you know, defenses win games. They do. But you need to freaking score points. Otherwise, you're not getting anywhere. So... This whole thing of like, yeah, it's exciting to see the defense and the progress that we've been seeing. But by the second half of the game, this time, fourth quarter, by that time, it's, it's way too late. You need to figure it out and start doing things. You already know the things that Dak can't do. You already know what your players can't do. So now figure out how to make it work with what they can do. And they've pointed out a lot of those things to where, okay, how do you utilize Ezekiel? How do you utilize Tavon Austin? This team better Ooh. not ever, ever take the ball to start the game ever again. Not, not, I mean, they like didn't. one of your it, biggest things. It was, well, it's, it's always been one of my biggest things. Now, now, yesterday wasn't their choice. I'm not saying it was. But the strength of this team has changed. It's changed. It's changed right in front of them. Drastically. You just said, Amber, you said they know what Dak can and can't do. Do they? Like, do they really Do they really still wonder that he can be the guy? Because they need to figure that out. Their strength on this team is defense for this team. If they get in a situation where they win the toss, they need to defer. They need to go play defense. Why are you looking at me like this? Would you like to make a lunch bet that they don't? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, next time they win the toss, whether it's – Sunday they defer. I'm kind, I'm kind of with, I'm kind of with. <laughs> oh, I know they because I, knowing this team, I agree with your point. But knowing this team and kind of how they do things at times, I would not be shocked at all well, if they say we're taking the ball. I, I'm waiting out for and you going to try to score. Okay, that that's that's a one change that needs to be made. I'm waiting for you to ask if there needs to be another. I'm like waiting for you. Okay, so switch to let's the get it, no, actually let's get into that because I, I do think that's a, a worthy conversation. There's a lot of talk right now about how creative the offense is being called and, and how they're using Dak and how they're doing things in order to get Zeke involved. And we talked about Tavon Austin. Do you think at this point that maybe there is a scenario where you should consider going back to Jason Garrett calling the plays versus having 
uh, Scott Linehan calling the plays. I I think that's something that has to happen here. Uh, somebody, I think that there needs to be some kind of change here because, like you said, it's one game. It's still early in the year, but it's not too early for these trends to be to, to be that we've seen these trends. And I've seen other teams do this where it's like, all right, you kind of go into this year like, all right, let's make sure it's different. And when it's not, the first sign that it's not. You, you have to do something different. Hopefully they had some kind of recourse in place. I think you're right. I think they need to make a change. I think Jason Garrett could could be the play caller. Don't know what that means as far as job status and all that stuff. But I do think that you, you need to switch something up here. And I think, you know, he's been a pretty good play caller. I don't care what you think about him as a game manager and all that stuff. From a play caller standpoint, he's done a, a, a good job over the course of his career. Maybe he also had Tony, though. That was a, that was a big difference. I, I, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, yeah. most people will say Tony was the best play caller they've had. <laughs> I mean, there there may be something to that too. Well, like, they, they never didn't. They, they always moved the ball in two minute. And he was the play caller always. Yes. Well, maybe. I mean, Dak moved the ball in two minute too. I mean, I mean, you can't the do way? that the whole game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's a. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I mean, it, there's certainly precedent for it. I was talking to somebody about that this morning. The Bengals outright fired their offensive coordinator after two games last year. I, th- I mean, they got shut out twice in a row or, you know, close to it. And they just, whoop, bye-bye. Sean Payton got it stripped from him when he was in New York. Like people, I mean, before he it, became the great Sean which, Payton as a head coach, he, he had point play being, stripped from him when he was with the Giants. Point being, it can definitely happen. Yeah. Other point being, it flies in the face of everything we've established about Jason Garrett's tenure here. Like that's just not something that they do. Uh, so that would be. Wait, wait hold, hold on. I, I just want to stop you right there. What What did we figure out when we talked about Bill Callahan? Yeah. Earlier, I, was that when you were? But here? Am I when am I the, crazy or was that not like an off season? That was an off season thing. They brought in Scott Linehan after. I don't remember the, the timing of it. They brought in Scott Linehan after the 2013 season. Scott Linehan was like the passing game coordinator and Bill Callahan was the running game coordinator, which again, they don't just get rid of people. That's not something that they do. Okay. But something happened in the middle of the season where I remember Callahan, I'm pretty sure that Garrett went to calling plays like in the middle of the season. I'm going to have to look this up or figure out. You might, that sounds familiar. You might be right. Jerry had never fired a coach in the middle of the season until the season with Wade. Right. I mean, Hey, there's a first time for everything. And that honestly, and I'm the first one to say like, no, the status quo is always typically the way it goes, but like, like I literally, I pulled up the scoreboard from the league. Like, three teams didn't score ten points yesterday, and two of them, Buffalo and Car- or, and Arizona, are widely considered to be in the running for the number one overall pick. If it, I mean, that's embarrassing. If it doesn't, I mean, hey, if it doesn't change, something will. I yeah. guarantee you. I mean, and that's not. You don't lose anything by making. Any change at this point? What are you gonna lose? You don't have anything else to lose. Like, oh, just that's, make a, a, that's a pinpoint accurate statement, right that, there. That feels a little dramatic to no, me. But, how but is, are you serious? If you go back, if you go back you go to back, offensively, what they've been doing from eight. last year into this year, I mean, are, are you saying you're gonna be worse than that oh, by making okay. a change? Shut out. In that, in that, I agree. <laughs> but I'm basically, I get. I mean. At the end of the day, and I'm not here to sugarcoat it. That sucked. It was so bad. It yeah. hurt. I still, it's still one game. It's still just one. You game. know, it's crazy right now that Dave is talking us all off the ledge. Like that's that's well, when, that's when we know something here, is wrong here. Well, I'm it, sorry. It, it is I just still don't. One I game, just don't yes, agree but, though. I think you're one game into the season, but I don't think it's one game. And I think that you know you'll agree with me here that this is a troubling pattern that absolutely. has been happening. Absolutely. You said it on the plane yesterday. You said. 
It's hard not to score 10 points in the league. And yeah. yet in the last, what, seven games? Five. Yeah. Five? Five. That's embarrassing. Five what? Yeah. Five times that they haven't managed to do it. In the last? Or 10. I mean, going back to what was the first game of that slide? Going back to Atlanta last year. Okay. This is like the fifth time that they haven't scored more than 10 points It was in a historically game. bad last year, right? Didn't they Atlanta, break a record? Atlanta, as as Philly, Philly record? Chargers, um, Philly, Philly again. again, and now yesterday. Yeah. So that's, that's that's nine games, and that's five times in nine games that you've you scored less than ten points. It's, and quite I mean, frankly, you have to try to be that bad in the NFL. I mean, in a league, in a <laughs> seriously, do. Yeah, in a do. league where you. the nine or ten point underdog Bucks went into the Superdome and put fifty on the Saints, you can't score ten points. Yep. I, and I, I'm not talking about winning. It's hard to win on the road in the NFL too. Score ten points. My God, man! I and by I, the way, go ahead. I was just saying, I thought I was going to really have this cool stat. I started looking in the media guide to like figure out when's the last time they won with something less than ten, and I got one game. I forgot they won that game really? last year, yeah. six nothing. Yeah. I was like, that's well, that, because that's, that sucks. You spent you spent eight <laughs> months trying to purge. That, that, that game wasn't a real game, but like, yeah, it was like, dang it. But I, by the way, for those people out there who want to point to, well, they let Des Bryant go. This also goes yeah. back to when Des Bryant was here. So I'm not saying Des Bryant was the problem last year. What I am saying is he wasn't a part of the solution, and not having him means you. I mean, they are still having the exact same problems yeah. they were having when he was here. Point me. That's, that's the biggest problem for me, though. Is you see so many elements change, but you're still getting the same freaking result. So that is what is more, I know more you're, upsetting. I know you're serious because you've said freaking like five times <laughs> yes. on this show. <laughs> Did I? Point me in the direction of a person that thinks Des Bryant changes the outcome of that because I got a bridge I want to sell. Him? Him. Honestly. Him? Well, like okay, he cool. tweeted it, you know. I mean, but did you hear Alan Hearns he has bigger like, plans, going off in the locker <laughs> room about it? No, no, neither. neither no, oh, one no, it didn't no, happen. Right. I was and like, wait, I'm just saying, did I miss that's, something? That's although, the difference here. Although, let me ask you this question: Do you think that? And actually, it's time for us to take a break. I'll ask this question when we come back. I want to talk about. No, it. we do haven't. You, <laughs> we have to you, keep talking. Do you think? Do you think maybe though that this team needs more? Dog type mentalities, those kind of guys that are so 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 riled up about not winning that maybe it is like that maybe maybe you need that in order to be successful in the NFL. I don't know, but I think it's a, a question worth asking, and I want you guys to answer it when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. 
Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys versus Panthers, and I posed the question right before the break: um, Is this a situation where, uh, you know, we we've already I've already mentioned that I don't think that Dez was a part of the solution because last year they were having these same offensive problems. I don't think necessarily that Jason Witten was a part of the solution because he was here last year when they were having the same situation. But I do wonder if not having those kinds of guys. What I mean by that is the kind of guys that are that are are way more emotional. Um, because you could talk about Dez throwing tantrums and all that, but Jason was just as emotional. Like Jason took losses really hard, and you could tell by the way he responded to people after the game that he did. <coughs> Excuse me. Not having those kind of guys, or at least those kind of guys that we can perceive. Maybe they're there and they just hold it back and they don't show us. But not having those guys that we can perceive with that dog type mentality, does that hurt you? Does that is that one of those things that maybe you need in order to be successful in the NFL? And maybe the Cowboys, at least offensively, may not have enough of those guys. Yes, they do need more of that because it, when this this thing has to matter, it has to hurt at some point. Because if it does, if it really bothers them uh, losing, then then you, you'll fix it on Monday. We talk about this all the time. You, you'll you'll work harder on Tuesday. You'll watch more film on Wednesday, you, and, and you'll practice better and crisper, and, and and you'll you'll figure things out more, and it'll be it'll you'll things will matter more. Um, and that and that's just what. And I don't know who that leader is. I really don't. Their offensive line. You got three guys that they're they're not vocal leaders that we see that we see. Um, but you have to be a great player to be a leader. You know, everyone always talks about NFL leaders. Well, who's the best leader of all time? Like Ray Lewis, Michael Irvin. Those are Hall of Famers. Like you can't just be a good player that messes up every now and again and then you're a leader. And I don't know if they have that guy. I don't think I buy this. Just And I, I've said this before, but I look at myself when I think about that because – if you look at me from an outsider's perspective on almost any given day, you would think that I don't really care that much about my job. I think that's a fair criticism. And I also know that it's not true. I care deeply about my job. I put a lot of work into hopefully being good at it. But you um, don't have to hit people for a living. Oh, um, no. And I thank God for that. Oh, but, but that's my point, though. I think there is, there is I, a part to that. Kate, nah, let's, let, hold on. I'll let him finish because okay. I think I, I want to hear what he's saying. I don't, I, I don't believe. And there is something to be said for that. This is a violent physical game. There is emotion that goes into it. Case in point, Zach Martin. He's probably the best player on this team. He's not like that. I guarantee you he's a mean SOB on the line. And I guarantee you he gives a crap what happens. Yeah. Uh I, I, I don't necessarily buy that you need to have that wear your heart on your sleeve mentality to be a leader. Right. Can I, can I clarify, I'll, though? I'll, can I yeah. clarify, though? I'm not saying that this has to be somebody who is wears, a, wears it on their sleeve as much as it is. Like, if, if he is a mean SOB during the game, 
That's what I'm talking about. And my question is, do you think they have enough of those mean SOBs right. during the game on the offensive side of the ball Here's, that, that have that kind of dog mentality? How about this? Screw the mentality. I don't know if they have enough good players. Yeah, I like on. I mean, that's fair. Unfortunately for me, I'm I'm struggling to come up with the counter example, like a, a strong silent. I mean, for so long, that was Tyron Smith. Unfortunately, he did not play a good enough game for me to feel comfortable using him. As but an you've example. seen left out tackles in the NFL who are really, really good that aren't really, really outspoken. I mean, no, there's been a no, lot of those. It's guys. been yeah. Tyron for a decade. Yeah, there's been so, a lot of those guys across the NFL. I just I don't believe that you need to have that Des mentality. I think you need to be really good and care a lot. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off on this part, and I'm not trying to bring anything specific to the air that we deal with, but you, you talked about your job and, and what you do and people perceive you and all that, which isn't true and all that, and, and I believe that. You're 100% right in that. But let's say another writer or an, another – we have four other stories over here, and three of them, the head, they linked to the wrong story. They messed up. Our headline wasn't here. We had the wrong picture here. Your two stories were good, and they, they had no errors in it, and they were great. But these other three things kind of messed up. And overall, the whole website, when you looked at it, did not look very good. And so you're like, yeah, I care. I did a good job. But do you care enough to say – and I'm not specifically. I'm yeah, just saying, no, I got do you, you say – that's got to be better. Like yeah. you have to be better to say that to your teammate. To say you're to your yeah, teammate, right, right. it's like because you did your job. Right. Your stories were good, but these two weren't good. So Zach Martin, all he wants can say, "I blocked my guy all day long," but you didn't, and you did it, and you got to get open. That's what they need. But again, we don't know if they are doing that. Like I'm, sh- they're not going to do that in front of us. All right. true, all true, and that's that's the point of what I was prefacing when I asked the question. We don't know if yeah. they're doing that behind the scenes. What I'm saying though is. Do you need to have that? And I think I believe that you do need to have players that hold other players accountable. And that means calling guys out. If if you're a leader, calling guys out who are not doing their job so that everybody knows that ultimately you have to be accountable to your teammate. I'll I, say this. like, Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, obviously not the offense, but as far as, let's say, for example, Sean Lee, we all know how much he cares about this game. And, and it's very obvious, but he he's a very quiet guy. or At least you would think so. Now, where that changed my mind is like when we get to training camp and you get to see more of the real action happening there and you start paying attention, it's like, oh, Crap, dang. He, yeah. He's pretty vocal. He's oh, and he will call so, guys out, no exactly, doubt Exactly, exactly. So it's like you you just never really know how vocal these guys are when they're, you know, doing their own thing in private versus what we get to see from the outside. Absolutely true. I agree Absolutely with true. that 100%. And Absolutely true. To, I mean, there are guys like that on this team, whether it's Sean, whether it's DeMarcus, Tyrone Name Crawford. Name guys. I, okay, hey. <laughs> I'll I'll take any of those offensive linemen as far as okay. and and they're not the yelling types but they talk about it all the time the standard that they set uh, Zeke and Dak for that matter Dak's got to play better but we can't sit here for 18 weeks in 2016 and talk about what an effortless and natural leader Dak is and then just throw that out the window when he's not playing well I think it's there on both sides yeah it just again do they have enough good players I we don't know and again it's one week but. The early indications are not good right now. It doesn't look like right now, for whatever reason, it's working. So it's, whether they don't have enough good players, whether they're not calling the right plays, whether they're not putting their guys in the right positions, whether they're overmatched because of guys that are out, like there are a lot of different things that it can be. What you, we do know is it didn't work yesterday. You had good players last year. It wasn't working. This year you switched it up. It's still not working. 
it it goes i think and i'm not trying to you know whatever but it goes beyond that i mean at this point you've seen different kinds of players and it, it it's upsetting when you see to me when you see like a great player like jason witten leave without nothing okay you but, know? but let me ask you this question do you think we're some, to some degree undervaluing what Travis Frederick means to this offense for them to give up sure. six sacks yesterday, sure. and and on several of those situations, it seemed like maybe they just weren't in the right place at the right time, or they just kind of something was a little off. I mean, is is are we seeing right now the result of not necessarily his play, but having his ability to get, be able to make the calls, make to be able calls. to get everybody where they need the to be and know what they're what's going to happen? Do you think that maybe that's more of a problem than we anticipated it would be? Yeah. Well, in effect, hard to know, but I'm I'm right. giving up six sacks in his first game without him. He's never missed a game. He, yeah. he missed a game. Have they and, given up that many with that offensive line? Uh, when, when they've never played with that offensive line. You mean, well, you what mean, I mean by that is when, when, you've had, when you've had when you've had Tyron and Trap. I mean Tyron and Zach without. Well, you haven't had without Frederick, but with Frederick, let's say with the three of them and whoever other two you want, with those three, have they ever given up six sacks? I Any doubt game. it, but I Other can't than, remember six. Yeah, because last year you go to Atlanta, but they didn't have the three of them. I I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy it in this case. I okay. ju- I can't because you you and I know nobody could have foreseen what happened. Travis coming, but you had the off season. You brought back Joe. You took all these steps. Joe has been in the starting lineup for three weeks at this point, and I I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. I don't remember. I don't think Joe was terrible. I mean, he wasn't. no, but here's he also the thing. The Elliot, reason why Zeke ran for 4.6 per yeah, carry. But no, the reason I, I why know. the reason why you put that rookie out there at guard and you felt okay about it is because of the guys that were beside him. Joe may have been able to do his job. Is he good enough to be able to do his job and help out with the with Connor Williams? I saw him try. It's, it doesn't necessarily, it didn't always work out, but it's still not as it shouldn't be as bad to get you to the point where you can't move around and it's not get a, it's not a good enough excuse and exactly. if it, if it had looked like Denver like literally 10 rushing yards like you can't do freaking anything like that's the that's, <laughs> that was different yeah. no absolutely i mean it looked a lot like Denver but it was better i mean yeah. the offense there were flashes of competency when there weren't flags and sacks and bad decisions and i just think of play calling was very predictable and not innovative in the slightest. And on top of that, Dak wasn't good. He wasn't hitting people. I mean, the and Jarwin he- throw just is burned into my brain. Like, I I saw enough to think that it could have been different with better execution. I guess that's my point. Like, if it had just been a nightmare from beginning to end where you had no hope that they were ever going to do anything, then I might be talking more about Travis Frederick. But there was enough there to make me think they could have done more if they'd played and coached better. But that's also the problem, I think, when and, – and again, I'm not, I don't want to get too far into this debate, but I, I believe that when you, when you don't – when you make the decision that you're not going to play guys in the preseason and you're not going to – in some instances, as with was the case with Sean Lee, you're not even going to practice them during training camp a lot of the time. Um, I think that when you go into this game and guys are not at their best – then it begs the question, did you miss that opportunity? And here's where it can come back and bite you. If this is a 9-7 and team and they lost this game to Carolina, that's the kind of game that could matter when it comes time for tie breaks in the playoffs, This right? is looking more like a, hey, you know, this is a draft pick game. Like, you could be picking sixth overall if you, you know, if you didn't win this game. I mean, this isn't <laughs> the playoffs. Nine this and is... seven. <laughs> nine and seven. I'm is just not seeing it right now. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't think they used enough of the field on offense. I yeah. think that they, 
they they're just too egotistical to think that their guys in this scheme works that you can just bring everyone down and Terrence Williams in the box is better than Terrence Williams way over here and you have more space. Let's just clutter this whole thing up. We're not going down, we're not going side. We're just we're just sitting here just thinking that our guys and our scheme is better than yours and it's, it's not. It's it's something that fans to y'all's credit, you know, I know we roll our eyes at y'all sometimes and I'm sorry for that, but Fans have been saying it forever. It's like the refrain from this coaching staff is like, don't worry about them. We focus on ourselves. Maybe you should worry about them. And right. maybe you should scheme. Maybe they are a problem. To beat them and yeah, not right. just scheme to do your own thing. Because it ain't working and hasn't been very well for most of the last season and a half. Um, and that's what you that's what you worry about because you're going to get blue shirt, blue shorts, today at the press conference. You He, he just sticks with his plan and and – it's like beating, you know, your head against the wall. Like he, he just, this is the plan. This is the plan. This is how we do it. And you know what? There, you, you need to shuffle the deck every now and again. I know it's only one game for this year, but I'm just saying you've got to mix things up a little bit uh, because I think they went out there thinking that what they do it would be better than the Panthers, and it really wasn't close. Just to be petty, to your point, I'm going to have a close eye on Rams Raiders tonight because they Sean McVay didn't play any of his guys, and yep. I have a feeling they're going to look not like awesome. that. But even if they don't look awesome, I bet they score more than eight points. I'm going to guess that's tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, of course, let's also think about it from this standpoint. The defense they're playing tonight is very different than the defense True. the Cowboys played True. yesterday. That's a very, very True. different comparison. But I get your point, and you're probably accurate. They're probably going to look really, really good tonight. I, I I there is an argument to be made and I've always said you run the risk of rust if you don't play your guys I'd still rather have them available in a game that matters and but you're making the assumption that you're going to lose them if you play them in the preseason I mean it happens every year but that doesn't mean it happens to everybody we don't have to do this right now the point being it's it's my personal preference I'd rather run the risk of looking crappy in week one than not have them at all and on top of that looking crappy on top of that It's the NFL. I refuse to, like, you can still play and play well and win without optimal conditions. And that's, it's, I, I can't, I can't I get all that, but a guy like, but a guy like Sean Lee to me is the prime example. Sure. Because Sean Lee played an uncharacteristically bad game but, yesterday. And I, I refuse to believe that it's not at least in part because he didn't get the number of reps that he needed to get in the preseason. Sean Lee is actually, he is a perfect example because he looked rusty. He didn't look like himself. He missed two or three tackles. Most of it happened in the first half. And by the second half, he, I mean, they buckled down. The but defense gave up. But that's a part of losing you a game. And no. in today's NFL, in today's NFL, you only have 16 of them. Here's you the only thing. got 16. The defense gave up 85 yards after halftime. Even if they were rusty from not playing in the preseason, they got it together. They held the their opponents. The defense opponent. did. But, well, no, but that, never did. That's my point is that is what it looks like when you're rusty. Is like you're like, oh, crap. All right, we're not great. We got it. We adjust. We're good. 16 points, 293 yards. What happened to the offense is not rust that's just awful football like there's a difference you know what i mean eight points two of 11 on third down 232 total yards whatever that ain't rust that's just bad in my opinion maybe all i'm saying is i do think that that the rust was a factor yesterday and i believe that in today's NFL, the games are so close, the teams are so close that every single game matters, especially games in your conference and games in your division, because those games are going to be the games that decide who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. 
And I think if you get to the end of this season and the Cowboys were right there and it was one game difference, you're going to look back at this game and say, should they have been a little bit more prepared going into that game by playing those guys a little bit more and maybe possibly being it? Because this was not a game that was out of reach. They had an opportunity to win it. If they would have been a little more prepared, maybe they win it. And I think it's just at least worth the conversation. No way to know for sure. You're right. I wish I could bet my paycheck that 20. You can. <laughs> 20 extra, free. 25 extra snaps in the preseason is not the difference between what we saw and what could have been. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's don't, hard to know. I don't believe that. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll give you a big picture look at where they sit at this point, what's happening around the division and around the conference. We'll uh, we'll do that tomorrow for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.